led by the eccentric Father Yod. This group was notorious for its polygamy, bizarre health rituals, and for liking underage girls. Under the guise of being a peace-loving spiritual leader, Yod led the group of 100-plus members until he met his end in one of the most bizarre accidents we've ever covered. Today, we're talking about the Source family, a group that started in a popular Los Angeles natural food cafe in the 1960s. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sinister Societies, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Hannah Maguire. And I'm Saruti Bala. Every week, we're going to cover your favorite cults, faith followers, and secret societies. We'll look at how some of the biggest secretive societies and cults have made their fortunes. And also how they've managed to run in plain sight and permeate into your everyday life. Today, we're going to get into the Source family, who were known as the quintessential 1970s hippie society with their long flowing clothes, strict raw food diet, and psychedelic family band. The Source family was once all the rage in Southern California. And even though their leader, Father Yod, had a dark and violent past, he had a tight-knit following who hung on his every word. But when his ego took over, things started getting sinister. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Hola. Hello, this call is being translated. Abuela, listen to what my phone can do. Abuela, escucha lo que mi teléfono puede hacer. Wow, ahora dime sobre tu novia nueva. Wow, now tell me about this new girlfriend. Huh? Tú sabes lo que dije. You know what I said. Language is no longer a barrier, thanks to Live Translate with Galaxy AI on Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra. Learn more at Samsung.com. Samsung account login required. Calls must be made using the native Samsung dialer. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Father Yod was, you'll get no points for guessing, not his real name. He was born James Edward Baker in Cincinnati, Ohio in 1922. We don't know that much about Baker's early life, but at age 12, he was supposedly named America's strongest boy. <laughs> That's such a like 1930s thing to I'm happen. also going to go out on a limb and say, no, he wasn't. They always claim things that are completely unprovable. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I won the long jump at sports day. That's how you do it. Yeah. That's how you do it. He was, though, a judo champion, and he did hand-to-hand -hand combat in World War II. Those things apparently are true. World's strongest boy, America's strongest boy. I beg your pardon, I don't know. Well, you know, we'll have to take his word for it. And he, as you will find out through this episode, he is entirely reliable. Along with his reliability and athleticism, Baker was passionate about living a healthy lifestyle. 
He had a mentor in Paul Bragg, who opened one of the first health food stores in the US and advocated fasting, juicing, and exercising. And apparently, he's best known for his company's best-selling Bragg apple cider vinegar. Of course. Mm. And if you follow as many CrossFit champions on Instagram as I do, they don't shut up about apple cider vinegar. No, they nor does anybody. Literally everybody on the internet is talking about apple cider vinegar with the mother, which I think Bragg's is one of the few that has that. Don't ask me what the mother is, I don't know. Okay, because I'm lost. If you buy apple cider vinegar for health purposes, you have to buy apple cider vinegar with the mother. I don't know. I don't know what that means. Oh, man. What, what, it, what is... Should I be having apple cider vinegar? Is it going to change me? Apparently, you should like... Again, I'm like, I don't know who's saying this, apart from everybody on the internet. You should like drink like a teaspoon or a tablespoon or a cup or something of apple cider vinegar. A litre. <laughs> An entire bottle of Bragg's apple cider vinegar with the mother <laughs> you need to drink every single day. I don't know. And then what will happen? Um, you will uh, get to start your own cult, if you so choose. Okay, halfway there, buddy. After the war, Baker moved to Los Angeles, looking for work as a stuntman and bodybuilder. He's got his eyes on the prize. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. According to the 2013 documentary The Source Family which is on Netflix, I have seen it. In 1955, Baker reportedly killed a man with a single judo kick who attacked him. But he was acquitted of the murder, presumably because he karate chopped the judge. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's one of those stand your ground cases, (laughs) even if he's not standing his ground because his foot's in the air kicking this guy to death. (laughs) One foot's on the ground, that's all you need. That's all you need. A couple of years after that, he and his wife Elaine opened the Aware Inn on LA Sunset Boulevard. This food joint emphasized organic ingredients, and, of course, it was a hit with the Hollywood crowd. It was known for a burger that combined beef, cheese, and vegetables, and was called the Swinger. The burger's name happened to echo Baker's alleged promiscuity, after he reportedly kissed a TV actor. Her husband confronted Baker in a room above the restaurant, and uh, in his classic, super not-being-chill style, Baker shot and killed the husband. Baker admitted that he and the actress had bonded over health food and Indian philosophy and that they had, indeed, once kissed each other. According to an article on the news site, The LAist, at his trial, Baker called his relationship with her a spiritual attraction. Uh Uh-huh. Sure. Although convicted of manslaughter, Baker reportedly only served five months of what was to be a one to ten year sentence. So he gets off reasonably lightly. Five For shooting someone. (laughs) For shooting a love rival. This is shocking. Once out of jail after those swift five months, Baker and Elaine got divorced and she continued to run the Aware Inn while Baker went on to open several more restaurants. When he was 43, Baker met and fell in love with a 19-year-old French girl. No. I get in trouble for this. Mm. People think that I Mm -hmm. look down upon age gap relationships. That's too big. It's too big. That's too big. That, that, the power dynamic there is all wrong. He could be her dad twice. Yeah, no, I don't like that. <laughs> twice. Yeah, I can maths. <laughs> it's enough. It's enough. It is. It is enough. I'll allow it. <laughs> so at the time, Baker was regularly taking acid, speed, smoking pot and drinking. He was also apparently stealing cash from one of his restaurants. Investors stepped in and cut him out of his own restaurant. 
It was also around that time that Baker met and began following spiritual guru Yogi Bhajan, who we, of course, have covered in a previous episode. Stand-up guy. They all are. No complaints. No complaints. They all are. After finding a new investor who presumably didn't mind him having his fingers in the till in 1969, Baker opened The Source Restaurant. The vegetarian cafe was a smashing success. Celebs like Goldie Hawn, Joni Mitchell and Steve McQueen were regulars. John Lennon showed up two nights in a row and it was even featured in a scene in Woody Allen's film Annie Hall. Well, and I do have to say for a vegetarian restaurant, The Source is quite a good name. I mean, lots of people have copied it, so it's not, can't be that bad. <laughs> the waitstaff at the cafe looked the part of the quintessential hippie. And when you think of quintessential hippie, it's these guys that are the reason you think that. Mm-hmm. They're all dressed in white flowing clothes. They're also uh, conspicuously young. Some of them were as young as 12 years old. Ah, now you know why all of these Hollywood types are hanging about Yeah, no, exactly. I don't want my food handed to me by a child ever. The hugely successful source restaurant made $300,000 a month at its height. Bloody hell. Mm. And it quickly became more than a restaurant. Baker changed his name to Father Yod, and he began teaching meditation classes at the cafe that he presumably picked up from Yogi Bhajan. And this is when you know, this isn't just a guy who's ambitious, he's a go-getter, and he's like, I've got this incredibly successful business, I'm going to, what else can I do? What other things can I bring into this? This is when you see the, the money isn't enough, the power and the control is what they need. And also, I think it's very indicative of like, I'm going to say it, it's a man thing. And they're like, oh, of course people want to hear what I have to say. Look how successful I am. Why wouldn't people want to sit down and listen to every single word I have to say? No, and apparently he was proved right because his following grew. And as it grew, Father Yo decided to buy a mansion for him and his followers to live in. Because again, what do we know? They all have to do the commune living because you've got to keep an eye on them. You can't have them going back to their own houses, thinking those thoughts, hanging out with other people. Get them under your roof. Yeah, especially if they're 12. Oh, precisely. I can't just leave 12-year-olds unsupervised. And uh, this mansion that he bought to keep them all under his roof, he called it the Mother House. At the same time, Baker married one of his followers, a 19-year-old woman named Robin Popper. And she took on the name Mother Arom. And with that, the Source family was born. Coming up, we'll get into the bizarre daily rituals that took place at the Mother House, as well as the Hollywood elite that ended up joining the family. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Hola. Hello. This call is being translated. Abuela, listen to what my phone can do. Abuela, escucha lo que mi teléfono puede hacer. Wow. Ahora dime sobre tu novia nueva. Wow. Now tell me about this new girlfriend. Huh? Tú sabes lo que dije. You know what I said. 
language is no longer a barrier thanks to Live Translate with Galaxy AI on Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra. Learn more at Samsung.com. Samsung account login required. Calls must be made using the native Samsung dialer. Let's get into the details of what was happening at the Source family's mother house at the end of the 1960s. Rules at the mother house were strict. There was no stove in the kitchen, as they mainly ate uncooked fruit, nuts, seeds, milk, and honey. Food at the home had to be consumed within 15 minutes of being cut, as they believed the life force would run out after that. I don't know loads about life force, <laughs> but I think it's fine. Probably. Isn't it? Even once you've taken it out of the ground, it's dead anyway. Yeah, unless they're like cutting it 15 minutes after it's been cut off the bush or whatever. I don't know. This is a weird, like, um, restriction. I don't really understand what this has got to do with anything. But there you go. A Los Angeles Times reporter who visited the home said that they were served a pie of crushed nuts topped by guacamole, a sliced tomatoes and alfalfa sprouts. Which, considering that most cults do force just gruel down their... Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Their followers' throats. Not heaps of protein. No, but better than gruel. But uh, yes, <laughs> I yes, that's what my cafe is going to be called. <laughs> and everyone at the house followed a strict morning routine that included a 4 a.m. wake up, followed by standing in freezing water, and then an exercise ritual that Yod called spiritual boot camp. The routine ended with one six-second inhalation of marijuana, which they considered the sacred herb. To be honest, if I'd done loads of drugs and drinking the night before, that would probably sort you out. It really would. And then you can have some guacamole with alfalfa sprouts. Yeah, and go to work at the Source Cafe and do it all over again. The Source family and its unique lifestyle drew a variety of members, from those looking for a father figure and father yod to those drawn in by the hippie lifestyle. And no doubt the young hippie girls hanging out at the Source restaurant. Some notable members were Alicia Lovey Previn, the daughter of renowned composer Andre Previn, and Bud Court, who played Harold in the movie Harold and Maud. And I really wanted to say Harold and Kamar, but it's not, it's Harold and Maud, which I don't know what that is. And the niece of a Supreme Court Chief Justice. We've got some prime Harold and Kumar knowledge for our American audience. So... The film, mm -hmm. Harold and Kumar oh, go yes. to White Castle mm -hmm. in Europe mm -hmm. is called, because we don't have White Castle, it's called Harold and Kumar Get the Munchies. Yeah. I didn't know that Americans didn't know that, that it was what, <laughs> that's what it was called. Yeah. We found out when we did a fun little uh, quiz for our listeners mm -hmm. over at Red Handed and we were like, Harold and Kumar Get the Munchies and no one had any idea what we were talking no, about. No, they did not. It was very embarrassing. We've never recovered, really. No, no. <laughs> So wanting to solidify the growing group, Father Yo decided everyone should go to the Social Security Administration and officially change their last name to Aquarian. Why? Why? I don't know. I'm just so confused. Well, presumably because it's the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Possibly, possibly. And, you know, it wasn't just their surnames because many of the group had already taken on different first names. And again, I say I don't know why. We do know why. The reason was because, obviously, with cult leaders, what they want to do is they want to remove you as much as they possibly can from your former identity, the one that you associate with being in the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. You remove that, you break a person's identity, now they belong to you. And would you like to know how? 
some of the member names that people in the group chose for themselves. I'm talking first names because their surname's all Aquarian. Okay. First name. Okay. Isis. Hasn't aged that well, has it? Isis Aquarian. Mm. You seem totally chill. Uh, electricity. <sighs> so Electricity Aquarian. Whoever that was, mm. they're really trying mm-hmm. to show off. They're like, I know everyone's going to choose pretty names. The other example I have is kind of that sunflower. Oh, bait, bait, bait. Super bait. Electricity is like, I'm in a cult and I'm the edgy one. To be edgy within the cult is quite something. What's your Aquarian name? Oh, no. Um, forever. Oh, nice. Well done. <laughs> Yours? I don't think I can top that. Leah Remini. <laughs> I love her. Leah hyphen Remini. Leah Aquarian. Aquarian. She's going to send me a cease and desist. I really have to stop. Concerned over the young ages of some of the Source family members, Andre Previn, the composer, called the police to the home. And in response, Yod decided that any member under the age of 18 must get married. That will solve the problem. Yeah, just make them property. No problemo. One 60-year-old member named Heaven Aquarian married a member named Sunflower, who we met mere moments ago, who was 28 and didn't even have the originality to come up with a good Aquarian name. Heaven gave birth to a child at the mother home in 1972. And the baby was apparently born, stillborn, but came back to life after Yod prayed over it. Yod gave it the name Solomon. There were 54 other home births from the Source family between 1972 and 1977. Father Yod also forbade the use of any medicines in the home. Here we go. Again, very, very typical cult behavior. And I think this is, you know, this is, this, again, it's about removing power from any other source or institution or group that would then catapult that group to a higher status within anybody's mind in the cult. So if you get sick and then suddenly you go to a doctor and the doctor cures you, you then start maybe asking some uncomfortable questions about science and medicine and modern world and like living outside of the cult. But if Yoda is the only one who can save you, then you live or die by his hand. So one member, Magus, the Aquarian, had a young child that came down with a severe ear infection. Yod and other family members chanted around the child and flashed blue and green lights on him, apparently in order to heal him. Fearing for his child's life, Magus the Aquarian left the group. Well done, Magus. Mm -hmm. I hope you changed your name back to something normal. (laughs) The incident was perhaps a sign of things to come. Father Yod declared soon after that he would marry more wives in addition to Robin. A girl named Galaxy was just 16 when Yod brought her to the home to marry him. Eventually, he had 13 whole wives of different ages. But we should note that polygamy was illegal, uh, so they're not really married under the eyes of the law, but I don't expect Father Yod minded that much. Although maybe he does because he sent them to the registry office to change their names. Yeah, I'm done. Again, power play. Power plays all over the place. Yeah, and uh, this power play wasn't particularly popular. Yod's decree angered some of the members of the Source family who actually threatened to leave because they felt betrayed by this move. Robin said that Father Yod was, quote, a dirty old man on a lust trip. 
And that quote, that line can be basically copied and pasted into most cults that we cover. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Show. A dirty old man on a lost trip. In 1969, the now infamous Manson family had carried out the LaBianca murders in a home close to the Source family's mother house. The owner of the mother house, feeling pressure from neighbors about the cult-like Source family in his home, decided to sell. In March of 1973, Father Yod moved his group of 140 members into a three-bed, three-bath home with the goal of making the family even tighter. That gives me so much anxiety. 140 people and three bathrooms. Yeah. Excellent. That is 44 people roughly using using a bathroom. Oh, no. I hate it. I hate it so much. I'd rather camp. I would rather camp outside. Coming up. The Source family starts a psychedelic band, moves to Hawaii, and tries hang gliding with tragic results. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Ah, yes, the magnificent Trolley Sourbright Crawler, also known as Trollicus brightolus. The worm's captivating neon colour makes it an easy gummy prey. Trolley! It's a surprisingly sour, invitingly chewy, staggeringly snackable species unlike anything else found on this planet. Eat me! Delicious. Visit trolley.com to shop now. Trolley, eat me! Let's get into how Father Yod's strict reign over the Source family forced some to leave. The Source family became interested in making music, just like Charles Manson, and used their two-car garage as a recording studio, where they recorded 65 albums under the name Yehoah 13. 65 albums. I'm guessing no one wanted them, though. Well... Yes, they weren't distributed Mm -hmm. because... Just as I suspected. They were rejected by every single record label they approached. So they decided to play on high school campuses instead, which, of course, had a dual purpose of creating musical fusion and recruiting new family members. The young ones, the ones he likes. Excellent. Father Yod decided to change his name yet again to Yehovah. Yod told family members that he was God and that Yehovah was a name for God. So Yehovah became more and more extreme in his views now that he was God after all. And family members started to notice. He became interested in the sexual magic of the occult group Order of the Golden Dawn. Never takes Alistair that long to show up, does it? No, he's always there lurking just in the dirty, filthy, semeny background. <laughs> And this group, just in case you don't know who they are, the Order of the Golden Dawn, was a secret society devoted to magic, with practices matching magic with sexual energies. So Yehovah instructed certain members to be together, even if they were in a relationship with somebody else. Between this and the sexual magic practices, 
Source family members began to turn on the group and leave. Yeah, people famously don't like being forced to watch their boyfriend or girlfriend have to be in a sexual relationship with somebody else. No, typically it doesn't go particularly well. No, not always. Just to sit on the floor and do quite a lot of crying. The Source family had troubles elsewhere. They have internal problems and they have external ones. The Source family were also raising the eyebrows of city officials with health inspections on the house and child services visits. Yehovah became increasingly paranoid. And get your cult wind chimes out because we've had communal living, we've had the business, we've had the sex magic, we've had the multiple wives, and now we have the end of the world. So Yehovah predicted a nuclear war between three nations that would happen in 1975 or 1976. He sold the source restaurant and so convinced by his prophecy was he that he moved the family to Hawaii in 1975. Which, to be fair, everyone was pretty worried about a nuclear winter in 1975. They always tap into the fears at the time. Mm. Isis Aquarian, who was one of Yehoah's 13 wives, co-wrote a memoir called The Untold Story of Father Yod, Yehoah 12 and the Source Family. In it, she says about the move to Hawaii, quote, Father was convinced that during giant geological shift and world wars to come, Kauai's mountains would rise rather than sink, and the Hawaiian islands, being further away from the continents than anything else on the planet, would be spared nuclear fallout from the mainland. Residents of the island, however, got fed up with the transplants from the mainland pretty quickly, because it wasn't just Yehoah and his group that were there. There was also a nearby commune called Taylor Camp, where former mainlanders lived in tree houses and they were often nude. That would upset anybody. Yeah. So when Yehovah got there, he tried to ingratiate himself to the islanders by proposing to get rid of the other commune. But he and his family's long white garbs and inability to support themselves through traditional employment alienated them from the islanders. And this led to the departure of yet more Source family members. Sensing the feelings of failure amongst the family, Yehovah declared, quote, I am not a god. I am just a man. And this was said during a walk in nature with the family after taking some magic mushrooms. Usually, the opposite thing happens on mushrooms. But I guess here it's like, oh, I promised you all these things and now I can't make it happen. And you're like, I thought you said you were going to make all these things happen. And he's like, oh, no, no, I'm not God, actually. I'm just but a man. Yeah, it's like, yeah, leave me alone. Sorry, you dedicated your whole life to me. Stop hassling me. On August the 25th, 1975, Yehoah went hang gliding off some nearby cliffs. So he is taking some time to enjoy himself <laughs> whilst building communes. But he is but a man, Hannah. He is but he's a man. Not, he's not God. Several of his 13 wives begged him not to go, as he'd never had any training and had absolutely no experience of hang gliding whatsoever. He jumped anyway, despite the clamoring of his 13 wives. And after a short glide, he landed hard on a nearby beach. He was badly injured by the fall and asked if he should be taken to a hospital. Oh, so now you like medicine, mm -hmm, Mr. Mm -hmm. Broken Limbs. Oh, yeah. And uh, the sass that Hannah just brought is the same sass that was also brought by another group member who quickly reminded him that this went against his beliefs. So Yehoah was carried to the group home where he passed away that evening. He was just 53 years old. The group held onto his body for three whole days, 
Although another member of the family served as the spiritual leader for two years following Yehoah's death, the group was fully disbanded by 1977. He jumped on purpose. Give me a break. Like, nobody, nobody is going to be like, oh, I don't know where he got the hang glider from. Maybe he made it out of a palm tree and some sticks. Like, I, he jumped. He knew he wasn't going to make it. And that's why he was like, please take me to hospital so I can have all that delicious morphine. And they're like, no. Yeah. You didn't let us have have any. Have heroin instead. (laughs) Well, we'll never know. And I don't want to know, to be honest with you. So that is The Source Family. The Source Family. Watch the documentary on Netflix. It's interesting. It's very interesting aesthetically just from a like, this is why we think of hippies. Ah, yeah. In the way that we do because of these guys. Interesting. So that is that, guys. And, uh... What have we learned this episode? Don't go hang gliding if you don't know how to hang glide. Don't make a hang glider out of some leaves and some sticks. All good lessons. Also, don't marry 13 women who are 19 years old. Don't do any of those things. Um, And uh, yeah. And then maybe you'll live past 53. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Hannah Maguire. And I'm Saruti Bala. And we'll be back next week with another great episode. Remember to follow Sinister Societies on Spotify to get a brand new episode every week. You can listen to this and all other episodes of Sinister Societies for free exclusively on Spotify. And we just want to give a quick shout out to the articles and films that we referenced in this episode. We used reporting from the 2013 documentary, The Source Family, and The LAist, and of course, Flux. And if you like this show, you can follow at Parcast on Facebook and on Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. And if you like us, then you can come on over and search for Red Handed, the podcast, anywhere you listen to your podcast and listen to me and Hannah talk about all manner of true crime cases from around the world. I've been doing it for about four and a half years, so there are like hundreds of episodes for you to listen to. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Sinister Societies is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from Podcast. It's produced by Kristen Acevedo and Gemma Waters. Sound design by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Jamie Ryan. Production assistance by Ron Shapiro. Research by Chelsea Wood. And fact-checking by Cara McAleen. And we're your hosts, Hannah Maguire and Saruti Bala. <laughs>